Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have Casey Stewart, um, and she's a social media OG, and she's best known for her blog, Casey Stewart, This Is My Life. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. What's going on? Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day. I'm happy to be here. Uh, brought some shoes with a good story, and uh, yeah, excited to chat. Ex- excellent. Um, okay, so I'm just going to jump right in, and where were you born and raised? I was born in Cambridge, Ontario. Well, I was born in Brampton, Ontario, but I never lived there. I grew up in Cambridge, Ontario, and um, lived there up until I moved away to go to university in Australia. Ooh. And uh, yeah, my family is from New Zealand. I have dual citizenship. Oh, and nice. uh, yeah, so I traveled a lot as a kid back and forth to see my family because they all live there except my parents and my sister. So what made your family come to Cambridge or come um, to Canada? Come to yeah, Cambridge? well, um, my mom had a job as a seed analyst for a Canadian company. So analyzing like seed lineage, um, which was very, I mean, not really a job anymore, I don't think. And she had Like a, seed and like I'm thinking vegetables yeah, like seeds. or something. Yeah, like vegetables or Canadian crops. I mean, okay. I think when I think of seed lineage, I think usually cannabis and strain lineage, yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. that's what I'm more familiar with. But um, yeah, so she had a job, a two-year work visa. She came with my dad. Um, they loved Canada. My mom always wanted to go to Canada and uh, they stayed here and the rest was history. Nice. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, you grew up like, so you say you had a sister though, older or younger? Yeah, I have a younger sister. She's four years younger than me. So it was her and I and my parents in Cambridge. My dad had a business where he custom builds hot rods. Oh, uh, Yeah, so classic cars. So we had a hot rod shop and we spent a lot of time there. And my mom was at home with us up until I was 16. So I had a really nice upbringing where we my mom always you know was taking us to the library and doing crafts and fun stuff with us at home so it was a really uh, nice way to grow up that's awesome and what were you like in school as a kid were you like athletic artistic um well when I was a kid I uh I started dance when I was five and then I danced until I was 13 and I had like a professional dance career I had my first recital when I was five like five or six and then I danced um, competitively, uh, ballet, tap, jazz, and uh, performed in New York and Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Was taken out of school pretty often for dance competitions. I was also in skating, and my dad was a gymnastics coach. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> so, so I was really busy kid, um, but also always very creative. I started my first business in grade like three or something where I made, no they way. made a rule where you had to make gym bag, you had to have a gym bag to put your gym clothes in. You couldn't just like carry your gym clothes. So my mom, always having the sewing machine out to make dance, comp- dance, um, you know, costumes. uniforms and dance costumes. Yeah. So um, I was familiar with sewing. So I made a bunch of gym bags and I took them to school the next day and sold them to the kids at school. Stop this. How much did you sell them for? You know, like two and three dollars. Like, you know, Still, it was amazing. it was so long. It was in the 80s. Right. So and you were what, like seven, you said? Great. Yeah. Three? Like, that's amazing. I, well, but my, because my dad was an entrepreneur, I always had a, you know, an affinity for liking businesses and wanted to have my own business. I always liked making things with my name on them. You know, and then um, uh, when I was, I stopped dance at 13. I did Taekwondo for a bit. I was. An what, un- can I ask why you stopped dance? Um, you know, uh, I really, one of the reasons I stopped dance is because I got, grew really huge boobs. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I started to develop early. I was always really small and I started to get boobs and I knew that I wasn't going to be a professional ballet dancer. And, um, you know, and it was kind of a hard thing to quit, and I just, I wanted to. But do was s- it like uncomfortable? Like, was it hurting you um, to dance, or was it just like uncomfortable? It was uncomfortable, and it also the uncomfortable part really came from, you know, you have to wear a bodysuit in your dance class, and all of a sudden it's like everyone else in my class is like a rake, and yeah. then here I am with these like, gazungas. <laughs> Yeah. And I really hated it. Which probably every other girl wanted. Yeah. And every other guy noticed at that time. So, uh, and I stopped dance and I really wanted to do modeling. And then my mom said, you can't do modeling. You need to do like some martial arts. So I did Taekwondo and then... Why would she, why was she pushing you to martial arts? Um, she, my mom is a second day on black belt in Taekwondo and she just wanted both my sister and I to have some, to be able to defend ourselves. 
Oh, uh, so she wanted us to know how to, you know, palm heal someone in the face if they try to attack <laughs> me. So um, I did Taekwondo. I used to do um, demonstrations like in the mall of women's self-defense. Oh, nice. I won a sparring competition for Ontario. I got really what? into it. I feel like you're just whatever you do, you're not really competitive. At yeah, it. I just yeah. like to be good at it. Nice. Um, and then, I mean, I did start to do modeling. I did my first commercial when I was a teenager. I won the Miss Teen Cambridge Beauty Pageant. Stop! <laughs> yeah, loser. <laughs> no, that's awesome. What um, I wanted to ask you about that, like, so do, so did you just like go to an agency and then like get? Yeah, yeah. So we went to um, Expressions by DSK. Hey Donna, if she ever listens <laughs> to this, she's um, in Cambridge, and um, you know Jenny, that's my sister Jenny. So mom took Jenny and I, and we signed up for like a modeling school and then after that you can do shows and you can audition for commercials and stuff and you know I learned I learned a lot there I learned makeup for tv and black and white photography I learned how to walk on a runway I learned a lot of things then that were actually became very useful later in life and uh yeah so that was when I was like 13 to 16 and um when I was four I was also really into writing I mean I still am um, and uh, I had a teacher who really inspired me, Mrs. Bennett, and my friend and I, along with the help of our moms, we started a publishing company, and I wrote Stop. a book. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a Shut book when I was a teenager. Up. I feel like you have the best story ever already. We've been talking for six minutes. So, <laughs> um, yeah. wait, how old were you when you... 14. <laughs> okay, and so, like, I need to know about this conversation with your family. Were you just kind of like, like, did you have the thought, hey, I want to write a book. Hey, mom, should we just start a publishing company? Like, yeah, like, so we... Um, you know, I was always creative person. I feel like a lot of who I am now is the same person as who I was then. You know, I've just got now. I have the internet, um, so I really. My friend was her name is Holly, and we wanted to write a book. And um, you know, at the time there wasn't you didn't have the ease of Amazon Direct Publishing or something like that. So self publishing was the way to go because I wasn't as what something that really motivated us was as a youth it's hard to get your work noticed or your poetry noticed so we thought hey let's write our own book and start a our own publishing company and it was called jeans mm. and um the premise like, uh, like jeans as in denim or yeah, jeans as in like your jeans DNA? as in okay, denim okay. um and the cover was actually looked like the jeans i'm wearing today which i didn't think about but it's Cute. Yeah, a thing. And um, the idea was to create like a, a network for young people where we could publish their writing. And we started a monthly, a quarterly newsletter. And then we had for $5, you could get the newsletter and we'd mail it to you in Stop. snail mail. And other youth, young people could send us their writing and we'd publish it for them. Oh my God. Yeah. That is so cool. You know, when you're young and it's, if you're young and creative and maybe you don't get that encouragement at that time, you know, sometimes people lose that excitement and when they get to high school and there's a lot of distractions and we thought this was a good way to keep us on track with doing things that were positive. So, yeah. That's amazing. And I think for a lot of people too, like, you're just like, but how would I write it? But like, you don't know the path. Yeah, we made it up as we went. We had a family friend who... We asked for some people to be our investors. So we had a family friend who, you know, cut us a check for a couple hundred dollars, which covered the production costs of producing a book. We had a book launch at my local library where I had grown Stop. up and we sold 81 books on my first night. Wow. Yeah. So Sorry, I have a couple questions. First of all, what was the book about? Uh, it was a poetry book. So oh, okay. it's an anthology of poetry and prose that we, we both wrote. Yeah. Oh, my God. And... Um, like, are you, were you publishing, like, physically? Like, I guess so, because this is probably the 90s, right? Like, Yeah, are it you was physically... 1996. Oh, my God. It's a physical book. So, and, like, are you getting the, them, like, laminated and stuff? Like, how are you, are you, like, sending them off to, like, somewhere else to get them? Well, on? my mom worked in a school, and we had, uh, it was, like, a spiral-bound book. So right, it was right, all right. done by hand. Oh. And it was, like, um, yeah, we had, I think we, they were printed at like a business depot and they were done by hand and when I look back at it I think oh my god you know I'd love to do a re-edition where I actually use something like Amazon to print it you know and I mean my next book 
whenever it comes will be done that way but um unless I get a publisher (laughs) (laughs) but you know we just we did it ourselves and we'd go to um you know I was in Kitchener-Waterloo and we'd go to like DIY maker type festivals and we'd set up our table with a with our books and we would go in and speak to students in schools and local schools in the area about the importance of creativity and writing and following your dreams and if you have something you want to do just to go and do it and that's yeah. amazing I'm loving this right now <laughs> yeah. um so like what else did you know okay um I mean so hold on you danced then you were ta- doing taekwondo then you started a publishing company and you're 14 at this time mm-hmm. so were you still doing taekwondo while writing these like books yep. and stuff so you're doing all of it um and why poetry I'm just curious uh, I just always it was something that I kind of really liked and I had this grade eight teacher and we were doing a lot of creative writing and I just a spark was in like lit inside of me and I just loved to write and I had a cup I think I had something published somewhere and that really kind of gave me the confidence that I wanted to write more and I just was really into it I mean I went to a poetry reading this week and I was like I need to do more of that oh my god yeah That's so amazing. I just I just was really I, I loved it it brought me so much joy we got you know the two of us were written about in the Toronto Star and all kinds of papers this is you and your sister right um the girl that I wrote the book with oh that's yeah, right Holly okay. yeah so you know we were got a lot of I got a big portfolio of all my newspaper articles because it was also pre-internet so it was a really uh you know, an exciting time. That's awesome. Um, okay, and then what were you like in high school? Like, I, I'm almost afraid to ask. I feel like you, like, cured cancer in high school. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I I kind of had two sides. I was, um, I when I won that beauty pageant as Miss Teen Cambridge, I helped found um, a city youth council. So it was a city council that governed youth issues alongside the Cambridge City Council. So we'd attend... Uh, city council meetings. We opened a skate park. We opened a drop-in center. We started a rock festival that what? continued up until like it was called Rock the Mill, and it only stopped. Rock the Mill only stopped happening like two or three years ago. Oh my god, yeah. that's unbelievable. <laughs> that's crazy, man. When I think about it, but I mean, so I was doing that, and I was like the PR director, so I was like liaising with the media about youth issues, but I also like smoke weed for my first time in high school I was like hanging out in parking lots with my friends listening to music driving around I started to like drink and go out and you know sneak out or say I was sleeping over at a friend's house and then it was going out and stuff and you know high school was really um interesting time because as I said I grew big boobs pretty early and that was a um I started grade nine. I was like 110 pounds with a double D and long blonde hair. Oh, shit. And you know what that looks like. You yeah. know, you got like... It's the, a lot early. Yeah. Like, I think you, a lot of girls ultimately want that, but yeah. like maybe when they're 19. Yeah, man. When you're, you know, when you haven't even like explored sexually and people are calling you a slut and you're like, I haven't even done anything. So yeah, I had that. I had a bunch of girls that were... You know, me and both my sister and I, our house got egged a few times. That's like small town thing. Oh my god, no, that was good. where I grew up too. Yeah, you know, I think that was just like a thing that people yeah, did. So. That's so unfortunate, and just yeah. probably because of like they were probably jealous. Ultimately. Yeah, and I'm because like I was in the paper pretty regularly. Oh, right, right, right. You know, so like there was the beauty patch, then there was the book, and then there was the yeah, youth council. Like so this, like, like, and all the guys wanted to be friends with me, and like you yeah. know, I like to just hang out and smoke weed. So it was like. A weird thing, but I'm grateful for that, for for all of it, because it made me a stronger person. Totally. Yeah. That is such a unique combination, too, because I feel like a lot of adults try to... Um, like place sort of kids in boxes Mm -hmm. and you were like this youth council like changing the world person but then you were also doing very normal things like partying and like smoking weed like but for the two of those to be together is very um interesting yeah and certainly where I grew up like I could definitely relate to like the smoking weed partying like (laughs) portion of your high school not the other side yeah but I I think that that would have been something that interested me but it was just like, I think all the kids that did that would have, like, or maybe not, but I think they would have been, like, oh, my God, you, like, 
do drugs and like blah 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 like you can't be anywhere near us like it was just so separate I mean it's still I I think think it's still like that like now I mean we can get into this but like when cannabis became legal I had an article in Lifting Co that was like Casey Stewart coming out of the cannabis closet and it's like because I had done all this stuff and then I I never talked about that but I mean I've been smoking weed the whole time you know but like hasn't ever (laughs) yes like I feel like most people (laughs) totally oh my god yeah um yeah it's so I'm really really noticing uh because how long has it been legal now for a year and a half yeah in Canada uh, and then, like, it's, it's legal in specific states, too, and it has yeah, been for, yeah, like, yeah. four years or whatever. But there's still such a stigma around oh my it. God, it's totally. so crazy. Totally. Um, I'm really, like, shocked. And it's, like, it's interesting. Because anybody that I'm hearing comments from and stuff, I want to be like, yeah, like, I also drink alcohol, too, which is probably yeah, worse. worse. Alcohol's way worse But, like, you. do you also know, like, yeah. al- alcohol was banned also at one time and then became legal. Like, yeah. it just was longer ago. It's just, like, so interesting. Like, yeah, to, it's a I weird know. thing, man. So, um, so. Okay, so what else did you do in high school? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I was always going to go to university. I want to go to Laurier for, like, economics or something. And then... And did you, wait, did you, like want that school and yeah I wanted to go to Laurier because I really wanted to go to that because it was like a really good business school I was really like I'm gonna be a business lady I was like always my thing is that business was like my dream goals and um and I was in a marketing class and uh one day someone from Conestoga College came in and talked about the marketing program and I came home that day and I said mom I'm going to college and I'm going in September and I'm gonna apply this marketing program I got in and I went wow and Conestoga is in Ottawa isn't it um no Kitchener Oh yeah, so it was oh, really so close like to me. Super, yeah. yeah. So did you live on campus or did you stay at home? Um, I lived at home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect. And I did. Why a, did I think it was in Ottawa? I'm thinking. Um, of... No, I mean the different college. Yeah. But okay. I mean, uh, yeah. So I did a three-year marketing program there, nice. which I loved. I mean, it was great fun. I met some friends there that I'm still friends with. Nice. And then um, they have this agreement where you can take your one-year degree and go to different universities around the world, and then you can take your actually three-year diploma, and then you can go to a university and you can um, turn that into a degree. Oh. And I wanted to go as far away from home as possible. And why is that? I just wanted to get out. I didn't want to start my life yet. I just needed to, like, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready to, like, go into the real world. And I moved to Australia. That's awesome. And, yeah, I want to ask you about that. So growing up, like, you would would frequently visit New Zealand, you said, right? Yeah. So, I mean, every couple of years. New Zealand's really far and really expensive, so it's not like I'd go every year. But, I mean, every couple of years we'd go to visit my family and stuff. I'd been a f- I'd been there a few times, yeah. And, like, what was that like going there and then coming back? Were you kind of just, like, culture shocked? Like, did you ever wish that you had sort of, like, your family stayed there? Or uh, were you happy with where you were? Yes and no. I mean, I've had two family Christmases, like, with my actual family in my whole life. Like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Like your aunt's, uncle's grandparents. Yeah, 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 yeah. Twice in my yeah. life. And, um, you know, not having, like, aunts, uncles, cousins, people around to hang out with and play with. I didn't... It was like we only had the phone to talk to them. So, you know, my Nana, who has now passed away, but, like, when Nana called, it was, like, always, you know, we everyone would talk to her on the phone and stuff. And, you know, I think that really made me um, really appreciate the people I have in my life that are friends, my chosen family, because uh, that's really what I've grown up with. But my parents also had a lot of friends and family who were from New Zealand or Australia so I kind of had my own New Zealand fam here oh nice so you know when I was a kid uh before I went to school I had an accent because I talked like my parents I was gonna ask your parents I'm sure they yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. like g'day hi going oh my god mom you know yeah Yeah. so uh you know and it kind of comes out when I talk to them on the phone and stuff it's really hard to pinpoint the difference between Australian and New New Zealand but I'm sure obviously you can yeah yeah I mean you see Australia is a little more like I don't know right 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 I mean New Zealand was my dad told me this, but I found an article that was like New Zealand was voted one of the most beautiful, you know, accents oh. in the world. It's really nice. Is it I closer mean, to like British? Like what's no, it's kind of like South African. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I would say it's kind of like Australia, South African, and like um, I just think it's really nice. Obviously, because I am from there, but uh, yeah, you know, I I always thought that you know if I got to like my mid thirties and I didn't have things going on there that I would move back because I have citizenship I can live and work in Australia or New Zealand and I was gonna ask it's both right and is it well so- you can work you can if you're they have an agreement that you can I could live and work in Australia as a Kiwi 
Oh, nice, nice. And yeah. the other way around too? Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm interested to know, what made you go to Australia though and not New Zealand where all your family is? Uh, they didn't have Australia. I mean, Conestoga College didn't have a... Oh, it yeah, had to be yeah. like one of the partners. Yeah, it had to be one so of those partners. So close enough. How, yeah, but... How long is like a flight from... Like, like it's like from here to LA. Okay, so five hours Yeah, yeah, okay, like four, four hours. hours. Still but, pretty, it's still pretty far. People but are for like... down there. Yeah. Like um, you know, but it was really cool. I lived with a lot of Canadians when I first got there in a residence. And nice. then... And sorry, what part of Australia? Sydney. Okay, nice. Yeah, awesome. so I lived in Sydney. And then um, me and my friend were like, fuck this. We don't want to live in this shitty residence. I need to be at the beach. Because I was basically in the Mississauga of Sydney. Oh, okay. So okay. I was like, <laughs> I did not come all this fucking way. way. to stay in Mississauga. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is bullshit. So we like found a reason that we could get out of our contract. And we lived in like... A shared accommodation like we had our own room but we like shared a room in a place in Bondi Beach which is like one of the most famous beaches in the world it was so fun it was like we were poor it was shitty but I had the best time nice you know awesome. it was uh yeah and were I, you able to work while you're over there too yeah I okay, got a good. job I worked in a oh, store but only because of your citizenship uh, no as a, I, I had to go there on a Canadian visa in order to have my school transfer oh, right, right. so I just went there as a Canadian and um and my friend and I both worked at stores like right in Bondi Beach oh, like nice. on the beach and we managed to like f- fix our schedule that we only had school Monday Tuesday Wednesday so that meant that we would like take the train do our school work on the train because it was like an hour and a half each way oh shit but it was like whatever yeah, who cares? Cares? I live at the beach yeah it, that's so, exactly so we like you know do our shit on the train and then we'd get to the beach and we'd like throw our stuff down we'd go to work we'd hit the bottle which is like the bottle shop and you'd like we'd drink we'd party like it was so fun that's awesome that sounds great it's <laughs> great and it's nice too because then it's like you have nothing else to do on the train so you may as well just do yeah. all the work that we you like, can do you know we like you know we enjoyed our we enjoyed school but we also kind of hated it but we yeah. were there to do our thing and yeah, it was it was a time. Let nice. me tell you. <laughs> so then, what did you end up with, like a degree? I in got business? a BCom in international business. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. And then, were you like eager to afterwards like get home and start a business, or did you have like any clue what you wanted to do? No, I wanted to get a job in the fashion industry. And why fashion? I just thought I liked it. I mean, I like fashion, but I know now that I don't want to work there. I just want to be able to buy nice clothes. Yeah. But um, it was actually really interesting how I got my first job because we were stuck in L.A. We were waiting to get on our um, Sydney um, to L.A. to to Toronto. And I saw these. We were waiting there, and we saw these guys, and they looked. They were like older guys with long hair, and they just looked really fucking cool. And... Turns out they were playing golf. One of their friends couldn't get a seat in first class. He was in worst class with us in the back of the plane. <laughs> and then there was an empty seat. So he told his buddy, hey, man, sitting beside these blonde chicks who just came back from Australia, come sit with us. So their friend comes and sit with us. His name is Russell. Russell came back. And then him and I ended up talking the whole way home. And I said how I want to work in fashion. It turns out he has a company that supplies some products in the fashion industry across Canada. What? He was like, uh, yeah. And he was like, I might be able to help you. Wow. And, you know, a week after I got home, he connected me with someone so was he from Toronto? Then? Yeah. Oh my God. He's from right here. That? that always happens. You always meet people from like we're like at the five minutes down the street. From yeah. So he, you know, he introduced me to someone and. I, the next week I met with her in Toronto. I borrowed my dad's car to drive to Toronto to meet her. And, um, two weeks after I'd been home, I started my first job. And, That's awesome. uh, and what was, what was it? I was the assistant to the purchasing director at YM Inc. And YM is the parent company for Blue Notes, Susie, Stitches, Sirens, Urban Planet, all those stores. Sweet. Yeah. And, um, and it turned out that a guy that I met in Australia needed to sublet his place on Bathurst Street. Oh, my God. And it was like Bathurst and Harvard. And he's like, do you want my place? It's $400. It's the living room turned into an extra bedroom. And I was like, yeah, I'll fucking take it. And I just 
packed my shit up and moved. Oh my god, that, that is like the most perfect like yeah sort of synergy. I look back and I just telling you, it's like that's my real life, man. It's yeah, like, so crazy. But you know what? When you're just like loving like life and having yeah. fun and enjoying and open, like those yeah. things just present themselves. It's too. like you know, people. I've told them they're like, oh my god, that like what happened to you? But it's like you have you can't go through your life like oh I'm not talking to that person or oh, I'm not doing that. If you are like open in your head and your heart to opportunities and seeing things with like I don't know just I don't know clarity I guess and those kind of things happen to me man yeah that's amazing um so okay so then you're working and then um are you like loving it like what are you Um, sort of feeling at this job I was I liked I'm friends with my boss now, and if she's listened to this, Cheryl, love ya. And we, but my job there, I don't think it was necessarily for me. I commuted up from like up to um, like Orphis Road near Yorkdale. It was a big commute. I wasn't making a lot of money, and I had, um, you know, debt. I had a lot of debt, <laughs> and I had so much debt that when I saw an application for a show called Max Out on the W Network, I applied and I got accepted. So what's that? So Max Out was a show um, about when you're maxed out, you have no money, and they take oh, you through a transformation oh. and help you. <laughs> Loser! That's they help amazing. you change your life. So they take a look at you and. Um, this was, and it was so embarrassing because the show happened like 2004, but it got, it was on the W network, but then it got sold to the Oprah network and then it played for another like four years and it was like, <laughs> it would play like on Christmas and people would be tweeting me like, look, it's you, you're on a show and you're pro. <laughs> oh no. like, oh yeah, I'm so loser. Um, but did it help you though? Yeah. Like, who so gives a shit then? Through the show, um... Uh, through the show, they helped me say, hey, you need to find another job. And I, um, I ended Nice. So they actually sat you down yeah, and said, like, yeah, you yeah. need a We went job. through all my bills. We, oh, like, wow. faced them head on. And the crazy thing is, at the end of that show, I said, I had talked to the host about how I wanted to be kind of like a Paris Hilton. Like, I wanted to just be professionally myself. And she said, well, you can't do that because you don't come from money. And this was before influencer or blogger or anything. It's 2005. And I launched my website, caseystewart.com, at the end of that show. So, and what made you do that? Like, were you just like, I'm just going to start a blog? Like, was a blog even no, a thing at that time? No, it wasn't even a thing, really. I was. I had been at my job, and my boss went away for a month, and I... You know, if your boss isn't there for a month, you're going to like, and I found blogger.com and the first posts that I wrote were just little stories about my day or like CG cartoons I drew in paint that were like, just like funny. And, um, I just, and I called it, this is my life because it was a diary. I just started making stuff and posting because I love to write and tell stories and it just kind of grew from there and it's been my diary for the last 15 years. That's crazy. <laughs> it's so, so long. So wait, I want to like know more about exactly like the conception of that. So first of all, what the hell, like where did you, how did you even start your blog? Because there was no like WordPress no. or anything like that. So where did you even start it on? So I started on blogger.com, which oh, okay, later was crazy. bought by Google, but that was just like a web, it was called a web log. So it was like a web log. Um, there was not, it was not nearly what it is today. And you know, for the first two years of having that blog, like, nobody read it. It had, like, two or three hits a day, and one of those was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's still one of my mom every day. I love you. But, um, yeah. and That's pretty uh, standard on anything you start, Yeah, though. right? Like, so, listening. but nobody was reading it. Um, and I remember in, you know, that was, like, 2005, and it wasn't really until, like, 2008 that things started to pick up, because that's when Twitter erupted. Right. So when, um, and I had, um, since I left that job and I worked as an IT recruiter um, in the financial district, and when I think back to this girl, I don't even know her because I wore like a suit every day and I had like a briefcase with a Lenovo ThinkPad. Loser <laughs> <laughs> again. Oh my God. Everyone goes through those like, things. Kill me. Like, like. And, and we're just also forced like... Like, you were in a financial job, so people are, like, in your face. I go to work every day. You have to wear a suit. Like, you're forced to a lot of the time. Like, you can't show up and, like, I thought that was the life I wanted, though, because when they asked me on the show, I was like, I want to work downtown, because I thought in my mind that that's what success looked like, you know? And um, 
I, you know, and then I worked at another company, a software company, and social media started to kick off 2008, and I was a early adopter to that, you know, a I've had since won like a pioneer award in social media, which is kind of crazy. What? Yeah. What even is that? Okay, so hold on. We'll cut yeah. there. Yeah, I was gonna say. So hold on. First, just more about this blog, though. So like, did you just say to yourself, "I'm just gonna start like I writing just, every yeah. day," and you just started like for fun, or were you like, just, "I'm gonna turn this into something"? I had no idea what I was doing. I absolutely did it for fun for like the first five years. Okay. I just liked making stuff, and I and was it just like daily like I entries? Like daily. I'm sometimes I for a long time. I did blog daily, but at that time I didn't. I'd like write little stories at work or do stuff. I just was so excited that years and years ago I had created a publishing company. It took so much work to publish something. And now here with the internet, I could just publish shit whenever I wanted. Yeah. It's me with my computer and I just make it and then it's in the internet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like I'm everyone to read. I can build the internet without having to have any money yeah. or have anything and I could just create something and uh yeah and I just I just liked doing it I liked writing stuff because like when I was in Australia I had an MSN spaces thing and I also had had MySpace mm-hmm. so I had a MySpace blog and then I was like I'm gonna make my Casey Stewart blog and like my MySpace blog had poetry on it stuff I'd written in Australia so I never really stopped writing I just did it in different formats but then when I was at that job and I did that show I you know I launched CaseyStewart.com and I just started writing stuff nice and then you bounced around to some other jobs you were saying yeah I worked at a software company I worked at a I mean I worked at this company Liberty Village and my boss would get so mad that I was blogging at work he was so pissed and then they're like you can't blog at work like they blocked social Facebook and Twitter because of me. I found out the day after I left that they lifted the firewall. Stop! Oh my god! I was like, I have the power. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, but I mean, I worked there, and then I applied to a job at um, Much Music and MTV, and I got it. And I was the first person they ever hired to do social media. So, yeah, I ran uh, the Much Music Twitter account and Facebook, the MTV Canada Twitter and Facebook, and much more Twitter and Facebook. Amazing. That was my job. I sat at a desk and watched TV all day and tweeted. And tweeted about it. That's so cool. Um, And I'm interested, actually, to because I feel like at that time, it was still people that were doing those hires that really had no fucking idea what they were even looking for. So, like, I wonder what that even job, like, interview was like. Did you have to present your blog? You know, I put all the... Because at that time, I had a group of friends, and we hosted an event called Gen YTO, Generation Y Toronto, because young people were getting a really bad rap that we were all, like, lazy, and we only Mm -hmm. cared about ourselves. So we made this monthly event where we always had a charity donation and people could talk about share their story if they had like um kind of like a soapbox if they wanted to pitch or people were looking to hire someone who was a community manager even though that wasn't really an official job yet so I put down on my resume all the volunteer things that I had done as if they were actual jobs um which they technically yeah still created I was still doing all this stuff so The um, person who uh, interviewed me, Ryan Trotman, he really believed in me. He thought what I was doing was awesome. And, um, you know, I I went. I was so excited for this job. And there was a bunch of girls on the marketing team who were total bitches to me. And they were, like, treating me just as, like, this weird internet girl, which I am. But... (laughs) Uh, now every girl is like that. Yeah, year. but they were just mean. Like they'd go for lunch and like not invite me oh, and no. stuff. And then, then my Bridges. boss who hired me left to go work at Rogers. And oh, the shit. new guy who came in, also I think kind of hated me. And he worked at Much Music for his whole life. And every time I had idea. I remember so distinctly saying, you know what would be a great idea? If you put the hashtag like on the TV screen so that when people are watching the show, they could tweet along. And he goes, that idea is stupid. Stop, actually. Yeah. He literally looked at me and said, that idea is stupid. I love that you suggested that. And I was like, that was way before every show was doing it. Yeah. And, um... So that do they, they obviously didn't put it in well, there? Well, obviously, much music and MTV aren't really not that popular Yeah, anymore. yeah. Okay. Obsolete. <laughs> Obsolete is more like it. Yeah, so... That's so I interesting. I mean, I just... I had someone who... They couldn't see what I could see because I... 
was invested in this social media thing, even though people were like saying it was weird or it was a fad, I thought that it was something that was going to be really big. But one of the challenges that you can find is if you're someone who's an innovator or you have an idea that you can see a vision, but people around you can't see that because they're not open. That door's not open for them. Mm -hmm. So they'll discount your ideas or try and knock you down because they're just not at that level. Mm -hmm. And that person was just not on my level. Mm -hmm. And then he went to go work at Rogers. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, I'm so grateful for that person that hired me that believed in me because yeah. it really... It did a lot to legitimize my blog and the other things that I'd done because, yeah, true. you know, as a event host or as a speaker, it was like, because at that time, if there was a social media event, I was your speaker. Yeah. I was like, can I speak at this? And I spoke at so many things for free before I ever got like a speaker agent. Nice. You know? And was this for like convincing people or like just educating people about social yeah. media? Yeah. And, and I, what was, sorry, well, also what was your like main vice at that time? Was it Twitter, I guess? Yeah, Twitter was totally, it was before Instagram was invented. Yeah, inter yeah, that was like So Twitter was totally my jam. I mean, Twitter's still my jam. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was like, and I remember it was like, Casey Stewart has a thousand followers. It was like, that was a big that deal. That was a big, it was. it was like, wow, she's a really influential. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, but I, I loved it. And I talked to people about how to build their brand with social media or how to build, at that time, how to build a personal brand was a really trendy topic, which now everyone is their own brand, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. But, you know, the word influencer wasn't really a thing yet. It was like the blogger and there was like... I was part of this blonde blog gang. Me and like a couple of my girlfriends all blogged. We're all blonde. We're the Blondirage. We just hung out together. Amazing. Yeah. Love so it. it was, you know, I have such fond memories because the people that I met at that time were all also early adopters and innovators who have gone on to do a lot of really cool things. And, uh, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of those people because nice. we were part of something that was like a new thing that was building. You yeah. Know, and it's only grown since then. And now exactly you can stand here today and look back and be like, uh, see, we were Told ya! And how validating is that for like future things that you have like an yeah. inkling about? It's like you're right about that. So. You know, like I, I um, last year I got the, um, uh, I got put in the Hall of Fame in my high school. Which was Stop, crazy. And I also won an alumni award from the college I went to. So, Oh, my um, God. For what? Um, just recognizing me as a career success, I guess. Cool. Yeah. And um, but something that I said to, you know, the younger people that I spoke to for the um, to address the students was, you know, you guys are probably going to work in an industry that's not even invented yet. So, mm -hmm. like, find something you love and go for it. Go hard. Like, pursue that. Like, if it's sneakers, if it's, like fucking gardening I don't know just like become the best at it and stick with it and like don't listen if other people be like oh that's stupid it's like well you're stupid for not doing anything you know mm -hmm. it's like you can't you can't let people who aren't on your level try and stop you yeah it's like taking advice like the best one of the best quotes <coughs> is um that I love is uh, don't take advice from someone that hasn't isn't farther ahead than yeah. you are. Like if it's, I'm not gonna take dental advice from a construction worker. Or like, yeah, or, you know it's what I like mean. Another one on that vibe is like, no one who's more successful than you will ever like knock you down. Yeah, that's it's like yeah. the but only someone who's like, oh, why are you trying that? It's like, look at you, bitch. I'm not listening to you. Bye. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, so I want to go back to, like, your speaking and stuff. So were you still working on much music while you were, like, popping uh, around speaking everywhere? Yeah, I was just kind of, like, doing stuff. But, I mean, I only lasted there a year because I, I worked on the much. I worked on the MMVA, so it was really cool. And then one day, I got called into the office. And they said, uh, we think you care more about your brand than our brand. So we're going to let you go do your brand. Oh, and I was like, my God. Thank you. Thanks, and then I was like, fuck. But it was okay. Nice. Because I was... What did you do right after? I was already in a contest getting to the finals with Virgin America. There was completely a conflict of interest with much music. <laughs> Sucker! I love you. They were right. Um, and what was it for? It was Virgin America was launching in Canada, and they were looking for someone to represent the world's loudest and sexiest airline. And I made a video and said, I'm your girl. Stop. And I won! Shut the fuck up! You, honest to God, I this is, ever for everyone listening, this is a perfect example of, like, I know it's just your energy and, like, your open-mindedness and, like, things come to you. So and I, you know, I made a video. I had a little tiny Canon PowerShot camera. I stacked it up on books in my room. I used the white wall in my apartment. And I 
if you're looking for someone to represent the world's loudest and sexiest airline, I'm your girl. And I wore a red lipstick. And I beat out a bunch of people, like thousands of people entered this. It was hosted by Richard Branson. I got to meet him. I flew back and forth to LA and San Francisco and all this stuff. And they said in the office that when they got my video, they're like, Oh my god! Yeah, and I, you know, I so was cool. what? What were your like duties then? As like the, uh, were you just, like a brand ambassador? Yeah. So basically, it was it was kind of like you know that was a really so I'd done much music and that was my first time that it was like I was a brand ambassador. I was the Virgin Girl, you know, Virgin America, which is like such a cool. It's not really around anymore. Um, so I got bought, but you know, it was a really cool airline. They had like they played cool music. They didn't treat people like cattle. They had good service. They had like cool purple and red light on their plane and you know it was awesome so I gave away flights to people I gave away all kinds of flight rewards a bunch of people got free flights because of me um I'd be like meet me at Dundas West Station at 3 p.m and someone's getting a free flight Oh, and then like so many. Yeah, and then people would show up. And, I, and were they like telling you what events to do, or were you just saying like, "Hey, why don't I tweet out for people um, to come here?" They, we kind of had we had like a partnership agreement, so it was kind of like my first time having something like that. And we, um, I had certain deliverables of things to do and uh, or places to be. I helped them launch service in Dallas, and they flew me there, and it was like a media plane, and it was like. You know, all kinds of people from TV shows are on this plane, and me. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it was really, it was a cool experience. You know, I got to meet Richard Branson, who was taller yeah, than I thought, and I was like, I'm obsessed with you. Really? You know? How tall is he? I would, my guess would be, like, five, like, no. ten. I mean, I feel like, like he was, nine. like, six. I feel like I should look oh, it wow. up. But, I mean, I'm also real short, which we... Yeah, <laughs> which we discussed, yeah. So, he was really tall to me, but maybe it's, like, someone that you kind of looked up to, and you see them, and you're like... Oh. Yeah, but no, you're right. He doesn't seem like he'd be like this super tall guy. He was like, like a tall guy. Just I was like, I you know, I was really kind of like, I got a picture with him, and nice. it was exciting. So that is so interesting to me because that's like literally before like, and they're so like Richard Branson is so has always been such an early adopter too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that is like the original like social media influencer yeah. sort of position. Totally. And was like was that your full-time gig or was that just like a contract that you uh, had? It was just a contract, so definitely was not enough money to pay the bills. And at that time from when I got when I let was let go at Munch Music, I was taking on like small jobs here and there. But it was hard because I had, you know, a major chocolate bar company that does a contest for a golden rapper every summer say hey, we want you to do this stuff and blog about it. And, like, social media is free. So, like, why would we pay you? And I had... I had... time. In 2012, I had, like, a major, like, I will not work for chips and chocolate because I had, you know, a chip company that is not poor. Um, It's a big brand. Like, they're pretty well known. Does it start with an L or an R? (laughs) Yeah. And it maybe ends with an A's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they had uh, um they had they wanted me to come to their their um and it was through an agency so maybe the brand didn't know this right no no hate on them i love chips but um, they uh they wanted me to go on a saturday to their farm to like see where the potatoes come from and they were going to film me to put on their youtube channel and at this time i had an acting agent and then i was like well they want to film me like i should get paid for this and then they were like, oh, no, we thought you'd love the opportunity. I was like, I love the opportunity to sit on my couch. Yeah. And, there, and, and then I was like, well, can you can you pay for the gas? Because also I don't have to have a car. I don't have a car. So someone's going to have to drive. And they're like, oh, we'll see. Shut the fuck <laughs> they go, up. We'll give you a case of chips. I don't care. I don't want I was like, chips. I do not eat chips. I'm a girl. I don't need to eat any more chips. I, I don't want to turn into like a whole chip basket like I, I tried not to eat too many oh my god so that I, is unbelievable I lost my shit and I was like I I was going to all this stuff and I was having a good time but I did not have money and you know after that I wrote a blog post that literally was like I will not work for chips and chocolate like this takes a lot of time and work and it was just the start of like the come up of influencer or it was really brand ambassador before it was called influencer yeah. because like I think a brand ambassador 
is a much better term because influencer now is just like a, basically a style photo. Yeah, ex- really. literally, literally. It's like, and I feel like it's more represents more of a one-off versus yeah. a brand ambassador. I feel like you work with them consistently. Yeah, you over have like, like a relationship. Yeah, and I would say you know a line I've said lots of times is, you know, I don't want a one-night stand with a brand. Like, yeah. I want a relationship. Let's romance each other. Yeah. Let's like take it to the next level. Like, I don't want to just do a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and never see you again. Totally. Yeah, you know? me neither. And like, no. And it's also a lot of work, too. Like, you want to keep on continuously pitching yeah. new brands every time? Like, no. And yeah, then they yeah. have to, like, you have to sign a new contract every Ugh. time. Like, and it's annoying. like, you know, it's, I definitely think building a relationship with a brand is a lot better. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, after that, I did uh, lots of different stuff. I had a big job I did with Pepsi. Um, I was, And were they these people approaching you or you're going yeah. to them? Wow. A lot of, I mean, I have pitched myself, think, I mean, this is a table, I'm not on it, but things keep working out. I, I haven't pitched myself a lot, but I think it's because I really, really put myself out there. I really put myself front and center. I volunteered to speak at stuff. I volunteered to speak in any time a teacher at a college or university or high school asked me to come in and speak at their class. I did it. I did it for free because I thought... If I could help educate these people or tell them about a new career path or something that I'm doing, maybe it could help them. And a lot of people, when they got their first job at an agency, reached out to me. Wow. A lot of people. And as they moved around, I built, you know, a lot of what I do. Like, the most important thing in life is building relationships. I mean, like, your relationships, like, and being kind to people. And I built so many great relationships that that's what's really carried me to grow and, you know, as a person and, like, career-wise is the relationships I've been built with people. Amazing. And, yeah, you're great at it. Like, I feel like you're just, Thanks. like, out there smiley, happy, and, like... I mean, also, that is true, but, I mean, there's also a whole side to everything that I do. I have a category called Sometimes I Don't Feel Like It, mm-hmm. and there's, like, 18 different posts over the last, like, five or six years that are where I just say, like, man, it's hard, and sometimes I don't feel like being an internet person. Like, sometimes I just want to say fuck it and get a regular job and not even internet anymore, but then every time I... In order for me to deal with those feelings and the anxiety and stress that comes from doing what I do, I write about it and I put it on my blog and I put it on the internet and then that makes me feel better and it also makes other people feel better Mm -hmm. and they say, hey man, me too, I feel you. And it's kind of like, uh, it's been really good community building by being real and talking about some of that stuff that's like, I get stressed out, man. Yeah. It's hard sometimes. Just putting yourself out there is scary and a lot of anxiety sometimes yeah I think the biggest thing too is like we have to start like I've personally started practicing this is like when you don't feel like it like it's cool it's okay in the past anytime I haven't felt like it I'm like oh fuck like I gotta stop doing this then but it's like no like Beyonce I'm like quoting all these people but Beyonce is like uh take a break just don't quit but like take taking a break is, is good cool. advice, you know. Like taking a break, is it's good. mandatory in order for you to keep going. Like even sometimes, like uh, like I'll I'll bulk um, record a bunch of podcasts, yeah. and then I'll go through like maybe you know two weeks where I'm like fuck, I really don't feel like recording. It's not that I don't love my podcast, no. I'm just not in the mood. But yeah. I've, I've thankfully like fridged a bunch, yeah, and um, <laughs> fridged. I love that. <laughs> have some in the fridge, you know, yeah, and. Um, and then you're good, right? And so I think that, like, applies to everything. Yeah, it's really, really important. It's like, uh, you know, even just the having your phone around all the time is, like, mm-hmm. stressful. I mean, sometimes if you your emails are coming in, social media 24 hours, it doesn't stop. You get notifications. Like, I turn off notifications on a bunch of apps. Same. I take, like, 24-hour social media breaks on like sometimes on Sunday I'm like Saturday night post something and then I don't post anything and I love getting that little plus beside my name in Instagram stories when I didn't post I'm yeah, like, yeah yeah girl like, you did it again. yeah you did it. I know right you don't have a story see that used to give me anxiety I'm like oh my god I don't have a story and no, now I'm just like, like holy fuck like it's, it's okay fine. relax like nobody's really like, that yeah, interested <laughs> yeah like honestly god it's fine um so okay around all this time this is now you said 2012 yeah where you're doing this so this is like instagram's year because that's yeah it came out instagram started so like how did how did you hear about instagram did you like jump on it right away um no i didn't jump on it right away it was like a it was mostly for photographers right so like i wasn't that's who was on the platform Uh, i I when when did you start right okay yeah it was in beta mode when i still got yeah no I, i didn't start right away i was really um I had um, Twitter, 
Facebook. I had... I was big on this platform called 12 Seconds TV. It was like short form video. Basically, I would say it's kind of like an the infant of TikTok. So oh, it was okay. like short form video with editing capabilities. And that got nice. bought by AOL and that shut down. And Is the, AOL a company still? <laughs> probably not. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. So no, but I mean, I got Instagram. I feel like, I don't know when it was my first post. I'd love to look it up, but I remember it was a shitty picture. Yeah. So my take on it was, I was like, oh, cool. You don't have to be a photographer because there's yeah. all these filters. Yes. And filters. so like, I remember I took, I just was like taking a bunch of po- uh, photos and just like fucking around with all the filters and yeah, like trying yeah. out the first like four posts of mine were just like me, like in with different filters. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I've since deleted like all of them. You can archive. I like to archive instead uh, of delete. I should have. I yeah. wish I did, but oh, well. I only have like one post from 2012 on there. Yeah. So, Still keep that one so it's like solidifies it's like, you as an yeah, OG, it's like you an know? OG. <laughs> I know, it's true. But I had like so many. Um, yeah. But cool. Sorry, continue. Uh, yeah. And then, um, you know, I was into Instagram and I, in 2013, I got, I was sitting, this was like so, such a me thing, but it was during TIFF because I've covered TIFF for like 10 years and I was sitting at the show. What? Okay, hold on. I feel like we've missed so many things. Oh yeah. What do you, uh, what do you cover TIFF for? I just like go, I mean, I do from like the social angle. So yeah, at that time, 2012 was like the first year that TIFF had like a influencer lounge. Oh. So that was the first year that like the bloggers, this, and around this time was like bloggers were getting front row and people in traditional media were so mean to me and they were like fuck this bitch who does she think she is sitting in the front row and I'd be like and you're like I'm a journalist I'm bitch. a t-shirt I'm a blogger <laughs> <laughs> and you know but uh that was kind of like the rise of the blogger at that time and you know someone like Brian Boy or Tavi Gevinson in New York at the shows and they were getting attention and I was one of those people in Toronto and there was a couple of us and you know it was uh you know it was an exciting time so we'd like go to TIFF events and, um, you know, I got, I remember getting invited to like Strombo's party at the Hazleton and I mean, other people who were hosting these like big parties and it would be like variety party and I got all these invites and I was like, I'm so cool and like doing red carpets and stuff and, you know, it was like, I mean, it was like my dream to do that my whole life. Like I always wanted that and I, I got to live out some of it through those things because of my blog. Amazing. And so now uh, at that year, you're, uh, had you been blogging for what, like maybe eight years? Like, yeah, I had been blog? blogging for like, I don't know, like, yeah, like or seven two. years probably. Wow. And what, how many hits were you getting a day or a month at that point? I mean, I, at, in the early days, like I was over a hundred thousand like page views a month. Easy. Oh, wow. Um, and it was, I mean, at that time it was, it, it was <coughs> the peak of blog life, man. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't have ads on my site. I didn't know how to monetize it. I was mostly like doing small one-off brand partnerships here and there. But I um, was a Tuesday. I was drinking champagne at the Shangri-La. And I got an email that said a Toronto downtown agency is looking for a social media director. Would you like to interview with them? I interviewed with them the next day. I got the job. Shocker. Have you ever not gotten a job that you've interviewed before? I started on the Friday. I went in and I was their social media director. Mind you, I had never been a director or worked in an agency before. Right. But I could do it. But figure it out. That's the easy part. I could do it. You know the product, so. You know, it was, um, you know, when I worked at... um, uh, this agency and they had some big accounts Bacardi Grey Goose they had a bunch of other really big stuff I ended up having a team of like three or four people at any time during that during that you know and I I really thrived in that environment I loved it nice you know and it was also good to get a regular paycheck yeah totally were you still able to do your brand partnership yeah. stuff on the side I still did stuff but I um you know it was it's interesting because it often has happened to me someone's like oh my god your whole social media thing we want to hire you and then I'm like well I got invited to a conference can I go and they're like well you're gonna miss work and it's like well it's related to my job Mm -hmm. so there were some things like that there were a bit of conflicts um you know trying to maybe bring in new business and having a two-hour lunch and then being like you were gone for two hours it's like but But, uh, yeah I'm trying to help you and uh You know, so, I mean, it came with its challenge, but I really learned a lot. I worked with some really great people. I got to do some sick-ass campaigns, and, you know, it was fun. 
and um, I worked there for a bit. And then I went to work at a startup. And, like, in between those two trips, I went on a sponsored trip to Thailand for two weeks with Kentucky. Oh, my which God. Which was amazing. It's still, to this day, one of the best trips I've ever been on. That's awesome. Yeah, like, Lily Singh from the TV show, she was on my trip. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's and, awesome. like, a whole bunch of other really cool creators. It was, like, all YouTubers. And there were two bloggers, and one was me. And it was, like, so fun. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so... What and what, what made you leave the agency? Uh, I just wanted a different. I, I just wanted to do something different. I've been there for like a year and a half, and uh, a recruiter contacted me with a great opportunity at um, a company that oh, was the startup. Yeah, the startup. It was close to my house. It was in um, tech and fashion, which are two things that I'm passionate about. And I just thought it was time for a new opportunity, so nice. I took it. And, uh, and what was what was the company? So they are a um, they make. Um, they do a couple things now, but at the time they were transitioning from being just someone who makes phone cases. They were one of the biggest manufacturers of phone cases, like a Toronto-owned company. And then they were moving into doing, um, like, all over screen print and making, like, fashion-type prints. So they were changing their brand name, and I was coming in to help them with the transition and social media. Mm. Which, I mean... We'll skip talking about it, but um, that was, <laughs> it was an interesting place, and I worked there for a little while, and then one day they were like, we're laying off half the company. You're like, hooray. And I was like, fuck. And then I remember coming home and talking to Sean, who's my partner, and I was like, you know, after a couple weeks, I was like, I'm a loser. I have no job. What am I going to do? And he said, you have a job. You're Casey fucking Stewart. Go Ooh. out and be Casey Stewart. Oh, my God. That's and I amazing. was like, you're right. <laughs> And then that was, that was, I haven't really looked back since then. The beginning of the, not, I don't want to say the end, but. um. No, but I mean, that was kind of like, it was kind of like, you know, to have someone who supports you and cares about you and says, fuck that, you can do it, get out there. That's amazing. You know, and I, okay, so I, um, Sean has a production company, they do film, TV, music videos, stuff, and I got like lonely staying at home, so I just started going to his office and working there, and then they made a desk for me, and then, and then around that time, the Facebook ad platform, it's probably like, tw- I don't know, whatever year we're at. But they, the Facebook ad platform was kind of coming up and people wanted to do more ads. I remember sitting there and someone, he's in a meeting and then someone said Facebook and I was like this, mm-hmm. had my head perked up and I was like, I'm right here to help you. Yeah. I can do this. And I kind of made a job for myself there. So executing ads for people, um, execute like say they would make the video content and I would execute the ad spend so for someone like uh, Aeroplan or for Great Golf which is a real estate company and did a lot of their ads and stuff for a couple years and uh, yeah so I've been working with them for the last five years nice I at your partner's yeah yeah okay nice so you just sort of like inserted yourself yeah I did I mean but I also in like they would have to hire that anyway though yeah I mean I was right there and I was ready um but I mean through um, so all the things that I've done, I've done a lot of stuff working there. I've directed a music video. I've directed oh. a bunch of commercials. I've done props and styling. I've done, I mean, I've been a PA, the person who gets lunch. I've done all kinds of jobs because I feel like that's, you know, especially let's say if I wanted to do more work as being a director, it helps to know all the jobs and yes. how important all those jobs are. Like, you know, a PA's job is very important. So you know, important. like you can th- feel when there's not one. On oh my set. God. If there's no PA. It's like, like ah, where's shit. the coffee? Yeah. Where's everything that we need? All the important things. Yeah. So, you know, all those, and it really was, it's been really great being part of that because I mean, Recently, in the last year, I've worked on a film that we went to the Cannes Film Festival this Stop. year. Yeah, and so um, these. So wait, um, your partner, he, Sean. Yeah, what does he do exactly? So he's, he's like, executive producer. Producer. Okay. So, he's, so people will bring projects to him, and then yeah. he executive. Okay, cool. Yeah. Can you tell me what the film was called? Um, yeah, we worked on a film called The Holy City. It's a co-production between Canada and Israel, and it's nice. um, an in-depth look at the most holy sites in Jerusalem in virtual reality. Oh wow! Yes, yeah, so and so. Are you directed? Uh, no, no, I didn't direct that. I'm the social media content director. Oh, for yeah, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, no, I that being a VR director is another. Yeah, another. That's, that's a whole another realm. It's actually another realm because yeah. it's a virtual reality. Yeah. Um, but you know, I got because um, and they worked with some. It was partially funded by a couple different Canadian governmental bodies. Um, so there was a you know 
money in there for the marketing. So when it came to that, I was like, me, I'm available. And um, yeah, so it's been really great working on that. I mean, even more recently, we've moved into making Instagram AR filters. If you go to my profile, I have a bunch that I made. There's one that's perfect for now because it makes it look like you're on vacation, changes the background. Oh, no way. You know, so through them, they have made a bunch of, one of the companies does AR and VR and making like AR so augmented reality so that's like the filters Filters. you will use on Instagram you know that could give you like cat ears or hearts on your face or whatever so um you know they were making them they were in the beta program for that developing those and now we've made them like we made a couple cool ones for Warner and Scott Hellman Mm. National Ballet that the guys have made there and I really wanted to learn more so I learned the program from Facebook that uses that you make the filters in and I've been making them myself yeah that's amazing (laughs) no it's like I just I'm always trying to learn new things yeah it's like you can never know everything I'm like I'm thirsty for knowledge you know totally so I love how earlier like um Sean was like uh, you're Casey Stewart, like blah blah blah. Okay, so like tell like what does that mean? Like what is present day Casey Stewart? I mean present day Casey Stewart is I feel like um you know, I'm kind of in a bit of transition period because for a long time I was uh a leader in the world of social media influencer stuff. I was like a person in that space, but it's not really bringing me joy anymore. I feel like there's I'm okay to maybe take a step back from some of that to let other people do that because I've done it for so long. I really love directing content. I love working behind the scenes on things. I have a couple clients that I do freelance work for. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to learn more you know learning this new program with Spark AR is like I made a filter for someone this week and that was like a little side gig and I'm working on a book that I've been working on forever. Shocker. <clears throat> you know, it's what, time. What's it called? Or maybe if you it's not, don't have called. a working title okay. yet. Um, is it like a novel, poetry? Um, no, it's kind of more like, um, like kind of, I guess, sort of, not like a memoir, but I mean, it's kind of like talking about living on the internet for over a decade, and I'm... I've got, you know, I'm using some of the content where maybe I tell the real story of what really happened behind things or lessons I've learned or kind of stuff like that. Kind of not like, I mean, self-help, a diary, it's a bit funny. It's like, I mean, it's kind of me in a nutshell. And I I really want to put it into a book to document it for myself more than anything else. Nice. You know, so I've been writing a lot and... uh yeah, I'm just like trying to do new things because I feel like, why the hell not? It's 2020. Yeah, you know? that's everyone's excuse. It's 2020. Why? I'm not? like, fuck it. I'm just going YOLO. I yeah. mean, last year was a pretty hard year. I fell in November of 2018 and I broke my collarbone. Oh shit! So after I got that award from my college Conestoga, I went to my mom's house and I think I went outside to get something from the car. I was maybe reaching for the keys in my pocket. She got concrete stairs. There was some ice. I fell. I hit my collarbone. I got a concussion. I smashed my face. Oh my god! I got nerve damage on this whole side of my face. Thank God I didn't Holy fuck up my teeth. Shit! Yeah, thank God. But I still have. It was like over a year ago, and I still have like. There's a nerve right here, and it goes to your um, eyebrow and to your nose and top of your teeth. So I get, like, tingly feelings in my face. Holy shit. And just from, like, falling down. Yeah, like, like I hit, I fell, steps. like, face front and concrete, though. Like, I'm, I'm picturing like, Joe Pesci really? home alone, like, Yeah, falling. yeah. It was, like, a, it was a home alone fall. How those guys didn't break shit in that movie, I don't know. I like, actually watched it. It, it was all stunt doubles, and I, yeah. I, I watched an interview with them. Oh, yeah, like, the show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so I, um... You know, and that really kind of broke my spirit a lot last year. Because, oh, like, and it's hard when you're like, everyone knows you's like, sunshiny Casey. Yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> so. Yeah, so a lot of things. I turned down a lot of different, I mean, especially influencer type work last year because I just didn't have it in me. I just couldn't put the smile on and be like, because mm-hmm. I, I really wasn't in my heart. So I think I'm really now at a point where. I'm in a shift. I'm really figuring out. I mean, I'm in a constant shift of what am I doing with my life, you know? But, uh, you know, I think I've done so many things, and I know that I've got a great platform to springboard to whatever it is my next project. So you're kind of catching me in that point that's like, cool. what am I doing? I don't know. I'm figuring it out. You know, I've got a bunch of stuff that I'm working on, and 
We'll see where we'll see what happens. And are you still blogging like daily? Yeah. Or? Okay, good. I good. still blog like a bunch of times a week. I mean, in the last couple weeks of the year, months, I mean, I didn't blog as much because I was like, I needed a break. Yeah. But I mean, I went to New Orleans for a week. I went to Muskoka for a week. I went to Cuba for a week. Oh, I'm nice. back, bitches. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm got, ready now. Much needed R&R. Yeah, I needed to take a break. But I mean, it's really important to do that. And I allowed myself to take a break without feeling guilty. Yeah. And just be like... There was over Christmas and New Year's, I didn't even post anything on Instagram for days. Wow. It was great. And then I was like, and then when I came back, I was like, hey. I'm ready again. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I really learned that, like, it's okay. I put a lot of pressure on myself that, like, you got to post all the time. you got to get likes. you got to get views, all this stuff. And it's, like, fucking exhausting, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because if you're not healthy or happy, you're that shit is nothing. Yeah. And your content's going to be shit anyway. It's going to reflect that you're, yeah. like, you know, Like, forced. you can't. People, I feel like I wear my heart. I literally have like a heart on my sleeve. But oh, I mean, like, I really wear it not just on my sleeve, but my face. Like, if I'm not into something, you can tell. Yeah, it's like right here. So, you know, I've I've written <clears throat> more in the last two weeks than I have in the last two months. Nice. You know, and there's lots of stuff there, and you know, I just think I'm really. I just like feel inspired again, kind of like I did when social media first started. Nice. Well, I can't wait to see what it is that you do because it's probably going to be like going to the moon or something. I'll to, do it. To catch you in like the. It's funny. I feel like a lot of it, that's the climate right now. I feel like a lot of people are in like maybe it's because it's a new decade. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think it's a new but decade. People are just in that like, okay, like I'm, I'm rejuvenated again. Yeah. I'm back. Like, let's do it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, thank um, you. I, before, I'm so excited. Yeah. Before I let you go, I need to hear about your favorite footwear that you brought. Oh, okay. So I, um, I mean, I really am, I don't, I only, st- oh, I only started really wearing sneakers recently because I started working out pretty hard um, oh, in the good. last couple months. But I brought this pair of sneakers that is, um, I hosted an MMVA gifting lounge with a couple people a few years ago. And like, I mean, back when I worked not when I worked at Much Music. I think it might have been before or after, anyhow. But um, it was one of the first things that I had customized for me, and it's a pair of Converse. And they have my name on them, and they you can tell that I've worn them a lot. And I used to have a drawing blog, so one of them says Borderline Artistic, which oh, was the cool. name of my drawing blog. And I just always really love these shoes because I have always loved having things with my name on them and having things yeah, that are uniquely that. me and doing things my own weird way and making a path and leaving a trail and just saying, no, I'm going to do it my own way. And, you know, I wore these shoes so much and they took me so many places. And that was at a time where my blog was just starting to, you know, become something and people were starting to recognize me for me and who I was. And, you know, having the shoes that were my very own and they carried me so many places, I thought that was what I would bring with me today. That's amazing. And who customized them for you? Like, um, who wrote your it name was, uh, It was an artist that, it was like they had a Converse pop-up inside the lounge that we had. So they had um, an artist that was like someone that uh, Converse had sent. I don't necessarily remember that, but the that part of the lounge was hosted by Marcus Troy, who is a creative person from Montreal who... I still know, and he's really blown up over the past, you know, bunch of years, but it was, you know, that time was, it was like social media and the brand ambassador thing. It was in its infancy, and, you know, I'm always going to keep these shoes as a member of that part of my life. Amazing. Love it. And um, you've given us so many good pieces of advice, uh, but what is one piece of advice you'd give to somebody walking a similar path to yours? I think something... I mean, besides the, that it's okay to take breaks and, uh, I mean, that's really important, but I think is if you know that there's something that you want to do and that you believe in, you really can't listen to people. Like I mentioned that someone maybe can't see your vision. It's if you want to do something creative or whatever it is, just go confidently in the direction of your dreams because no one can ever take that away from you. I didn't know when I started social media or my blog that it was ever going to turn into a thing. And here I am 15 years later and social media is an entire fucking industry that was like everywhere. You can't deny it. So if you f- see a spark in something that lights a fire inside of you, go in that direction. 
Amazing. I love it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, so you guys uh, can all follow Casey on Instagram at Casey Stewart. So it's C-A-S-I-E-S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Um, of course, you can follow the podcast at Coming Up In My Sneakers. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and you like the podcast and you want to give it a five-star review, I would love Do you. It. That would be amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, otherwise, that's it for this week. I'll talk to you guys next week. And don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers. Bye. Bye.